We are the brink of impact created by Chelsea Lowe, Maggie Stoller, and Rachel Whaley to energize young people to build careers in social impact. Every episode, we chat with someone starting their career in the social sector and share resources to help boost your career. Tell us what you think of this episode on Twitter at Brink of Impact and join our email list to get links to all the resources we share. This week, we interview Connor Chelsky from Impact Engine, chat about our new jobs, and share our favorite tips for avoiding burnout. This week on our news segment, we're each talking about our new job. So, Maggie, can you tell us more about your position? Absolutely. So, a quick update for all of those listeners. Rachel, Chelsky, and I completed our one-year fellowship program through the New Sector Alliance at the end of July, and we all headed our separate ways to explore really awesome opportunities. I ended my time at the University of Chicago's Institute of Politics and started a new job at Impact Engine. Impact Engine is a venture capital fund that invests in social impact organizations, and you'll hear more about Impact Engine from Connor Chalky, who's our first guest, who's my coworker. Um, and so I just started that in August. I'm doing communications work for them, and so far I've been loving it. So for me, this is Rachel. During uh, our new sector fellowship year, I was matched with an organization called Year Up, which is a workforce development organization for young adults. And so I spent my new sector year there, absolutely loved it, and um, stayed after the fellowship. And so my new title is Sales Support Manager. So I help um, support all of our salespeople who sell our internships. Um, talent to companies. And so I've really enjoyed that role. I've been able to expand to other regions outside of Chicago, supporting our whole Northeast region. Thanks for sharing, guys. Um, so just to give an update, this is Chelsea on what I'm doing now. So uh, during the fellowship, I worked for the Social Enterprise Alliance Chicago chapter. And recently, at the end of September, I just started a new job Working, I actually moved back to Philadelphia, so no longer in Chicago, which is really sad, but I'm really excited to start in this, this new chapter back in Philly. So I'm working for the Philadelphia Energy Authority. So it's a little complicated, the structure of the organization. So they're an independent municipal agency, so they're like quasi-government, but their whole plan is to, um, there's a 10-year goal to bring 10,000 green jobs to Philadelphia and invest a billion dollars into clean energy. So I'm their program coordinator. The program just started at the beginning of 2016, so it's a relatively new program. And I'm, I'm still figuring things out, um, but my role is kind of going to be helping build out systems and communications, um, a lot of just like figuring it out, it's definitely more of a startup. So I'm excited about that. Um, so what, I guess, Maggie um, and Rachel, like what about your position excites you? Like where are you really excited to get into? So for me, I'm really excited to go back into a more communication-focused role. This past year at the IOP, I absolutely loved it, but it was more about working with students, building partnerships, and doing a lot of program coordination. In the role that I have with Impact Engine now as communications associate, I am back um, doing a lot of the work that I used to do on my first job out of college, which was communications work. I really enjoy um 
thinking strategically about how we're reaching the audiences, how we're trying to recruit people for Impact Engine, what messaging we're sending out into the world, and really refining that, making sure that we're trying to maximize that potential there. So that's probably what excites me most. I love running social media. I love figuring out our newsletter. It's really good for me because I feel like I'm writing a lot again, which I really missed in my job last year. So writing, communications, marketing, outreach, what I'm most excited about. That's awesome, Maggie. Um, so I, for me in my new role, something that I think is really exciting is the opportunity to work with more people. So um, no, no longer working just with our Chicago office, but with five of our offices has been a really good exercise for me in learning how to um, build professional relationships, even if I'm mainly communicating with people through conference calls. Um, that's been a great skill set for me to build, and it's also been really enjoyable. Um, I love working with all of my teams, even the ones that I work remotely with. Um, I've been able to build those relationships, and that's been really fruitful and really enjoyable for me. So. That's not something I was expecting out of this role, but something um, something that I really love. Great. And what I'm really excited about, it's the people aspect before, um, as you said. So before at the Social Enterprise Alliance, I was their only staff member, and I was basically like working in office by myself all day. So I'm excited to be around people again, um, and really a lot of this work is going to be in partnership development. So like being out in the community with our partners, um, I've already like gotten to meet some of them. Uh, in my first couple days there. So um, that I'm really excited about. And also the sustainability piece. So in my first job um, out of college, I had some sustainability exposure. Uh, and that's something I'm really excited to learn more about the field of clean energy and sustainability. So I guess we talked about what excites you about your position, but what's something that you're a little bit nervous about and you think will push you? Um, it could be like a test that you do or a skill set that you feel like you're really going to be able to grow um, and stretch in? Yeah. So, first of all, I just want to say, Chelsea, I feel like we're in a weird role reversal right now because I did partnership work last year, and I'm headed into more communications. I feel like you did communications-heavy stuff last year, and now you're headed into partnership. So, Oh, wow. Anyway. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would say that the area I'm looking to grow the most in, I have a lot, a lot to learn about impact investing and the venture capital world in Chicago. This is probably the most corporate job that I've had, and technically Impact Engine is a business. We're an LLC. We, um, it's not a nonprofit, which I've never worked for before. So it's definitely a new transition. I'm learning a lot about um, investor communities and what venture capital is and uh, how to really make sure that our investor network becomes a community of people who really want to be involved uh, and invest in our social impact companies. So I'm just, I know that I have a lot to learn. I've been asking a lot of questions since I started a month ago and I am excited to just really feel like I have a good understanding and grasp on the field. That's awesome. Um, I think something that I'm really excited about um, with my role to grow into um, is that my new role requires a lot of presenting and facilitating and training other people, which isn't something that I've done in the past, so that's a pretty new 
built up for me and I'm it's something I really enjoy doing working one-on-one with people and so um, that's a skill set that I'm definitely actively working on right now and one that I'm excited to grow. I have two areas that I'm really excited to grow in from my position. Um, one is just learning the politics of Philadelphia. So even though we're not mm-hmm. like a government agency, we're, we're working with all of these key stakeholders and not being in Philly and not really following the political scene. Um, I feel like one year and I'm already super behind. So trying to like rev up really quickly on learning all of these like relationships and whose policy works this way and who really isn't in to what. Um, there's a lot of details with that. And also there's this like green energy finance piece. I haven't had a lot of experience with finance, so that's something that I'm really excited to learn more about. My resource this week is a podcast called Elevate Purpose. In this podcast, they explore how organizations, governments, corporations, and every one of us can be a part of a movement to change the world for the better. They sit down and chat with people who are working to solve some of humanity's greatest challenges. Be sure to check it out on iTunes called Elevate Purpose, the podcast. We are excited to sit down with Connor Chelsky, who is our very first member of our very first real season, which we're excited about. Our second male guest also, which is a big, uh, big deal, big milestone for us. Um, so Connor and I uh, work together at Impact Engine, which is a venture capital fund that invests in social impact organizations. Um, Connor, we're so excited to have you. Very happy to be here. The pressure's on now. I didn't know that I was the uh, first guest yes, in the new season. So it is. It's true. Bright lights. So, no, yeah, no pressure. Um, but uh, if we don't get picked up for a second season, it'll be your fault. i got to set the tone here, apparently. So I'll do, I'll do what I can. Yeah. I want to um, ask you a little bit about how you got here. Um, so I know that you're from the Midwest. Um, you went to school out here. But I'd love to hear about your path to social impact, what got you interested in it, and then how you ended up where you are now here with Impact Engine. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Appleton, Wisconsin, uh, the Big Apple, as a lot of people know it. And I ended up at the University of Notre Dame, and for the first three years there, I thought I was going into education. I was going to do a program, whether it was going to be Teach for America or ACE, something like that. And um, a lot of my internships and uh, studies focused around education. I was a political science major and education minor, and I was very, you know, set on being a teacher. Um, the summer before my senior year, I got um, an internship where I was uh, going back to Bangladesh for the second time. The first time I went there, I, I taught English for eight weeks. Um, and I went back, and it was uh, post Rana Plaza, uh, the factory collapse there uh, in the garment industry where. Um, about 1,200 workers died, and it was something where I had seen it because it happened uh, right before I went the first time, and I ended up um, promising a senior thesis to Notre Dame in exchange for them giving me the money to fly over there and uh, be put up a there nice for four trip. weeks. <laughs> nice free trip. Um, so I, I sold my soul or, you know, a fair bit of time, first and second semester for that. Yeah. Um, but totally worth it, and so... Uh, Wrote, wrote my senior thesis on all the things that were going on in the garment industry in Bangladesh mm-hmm. post Rana Plaza, while at the same time also helping 
um, my mentor, Mark Weber, who, who hired me and had this idea for the internship uh, on the feasibility of starting a social enterprise there in Dhaka, a socially focused garment factory where um, it could serve as an example to other factories in the area to say, hey, you can do this the right way. You can still make money. Yeah. And so that was the original idea. And so I got really interested in this thing called impact investing and social entrepreneurship um, that I'd never really heard of before. Um, I attended a conference on the way back from, from Bangladesh and um, learned a bit more about it and uh, took a few classes my senior year. I got, um, you know, while I was looking for jobs and telling people I was interested in social entrepreneurship, I was, you know, told about Impact Engine in Chicago, all the cool work that they were doing. Um, I knew of Peace & Co., one of their portfolio companies, um, and got connected to Impact Engine through them. And um, it was funny, the first time I, I drove down from South Bend to Chicago, there was Impact Engine had a networking event. And for those of you who haven't been to 1871 before, <laughs> it's very like, lax dress code, very much jeans very and a T-shirt. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Silicon Valley. For those of you who've seen that show on HBO, <laughs> it's very much that that type of dress code. And I had no idea about that, and so I came to this very informal happy hour wearing full suit, and I, you know, walked upon ready to go, resume in sure, hand, yeah. like you know, had my elevator speech, you know, memorized the whole nine yards. And I walked past and I'm like, oh, God. And um, <laughs> Where am I? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I totally messed this up. I stand out so bad. And so I ended up taking my jacket and tie off and hiding them in a the corner. I talked to Jessica for a while um, and ended up just staying in touch over the course of the semester. I came down for demo day. Um, I, you know, did a little bit of side work for Peace & Co. and kept in touch uh, that way as well. And ultimately, uh, a job opening uh, ended up coming up, and um, uh, I ended up in Impact Engine, which was which was great, uh, dream come true. So. So yeah, I think it's it's crazy. We I know you talk about this a lot, but this was like your out of the gates, out of college job, and how lucky do you feel? <laughs> I feel I feel very lucky. So, in, and I get constantly reminded of that. Where you know, whenever I'm introducing myself, it's. Oh, what did you do before Impact Engine? Like, oh, I just graduated from school. Like, you ended up in Impact Engine right out of school. Like, that's insane, and it definitely is. Yeah. Um, and it's very much very lucky being at the right place, right time, and um, it's it's been an awesome learning experience here. Um, yeah. And I've had had a blast every single day. So yeah. Um. So so you kind of learned about this a little bit late in the game, but you jumped in. You got a job right after college. Um. Tell us more about. Uh, you can give us the elevator pitch for Impact Engine, and then tell us what you do here. So when I s started at Impact Engine, Impact Engine was an accelerator. Um, still had the social focus, uh, still the same uh, vertical. So Impact Engine funds companies uh, that are involved in pr improving health, economic empowerment, education, and resource efficiency. So when Impact Engine was founded in 2012, um, it was founded as an accelerator, and so it would be a four-month program where teams would come into uh, the office space in Chicago out of 1871, and uh, Impact Engine would provide um, seed money in addition, mentorship to, you know, top, you know, startup leaders, business leaders um, in Chicago that volunteered their time to help mentor the companies, and it would conclude in a demo day to both our investor network and also the community um, to help get them funding, launch them out um, into the a world post impact engine accelerator and so i came on while impact engine was still 
we, we ran a smaller accelerator with three companies, um, but we were transitioning to becoming a venture fund. And so we officially closed our uh, seed fund, uh, $10 million seed fund, the end of this June, uh, which was really exciting that, uh, you know, we, we fundraised for about a year. And or I should say Jessica did. I was played zero part in that. Um, You're not responsible not, for this. I'm so. very much 0% responsible for any of that sure. success. Um, but was very exciting where Jessica and Tasha and I think the rest of the team felt that we could make a bigger impact um, by serving as a seed stage fund where we were seeing a lot of great companies um, that had a mission-driven focus that um, needed help at the seed stage funding level. Yeah. And uh, in addition, it also just allowed us to look at a lot more companies. So instead of this two-week application window and could you be in Chicago for four months, were you willing to be an accelerator? We get to look at companies whenever they're fundraising, so it's a much larger time frame across seed and Series A that we have um, a larger, we have, we have an ability to write small checks to, to larger checks, 25 to 250, and um, just just a wider range of companies. So I, I think we see um, a lot more now, which is very exciting that you get to see where what areas people are, are thinking of getting into, and yeah. you just get to meet a lot more great entrepreneurs who are, who are setting out to do a lot of good in the world. Yeah, and it's exciting, too, that there's enough interest, I think, in Impact Engine that, you know, there's a ton of organizations that are doing really cool and awesome things, and it's sad that we have to turn them down, but it's also exciting to hear about all the work that's happening, which is awesome. Um, so you, uh, so what do you do now? So you are the analyst of the Impact Engine, and, and what does that mean? What does your day-to-day look like? Yeah, so my official title is analyst slash operations coordinator, and so as you know, we're a small five-person team. Yeah. Uh, we wear a lot of hats in the office. Yeah, all of his us real still. title is Jack of All Trades. Yeah, but. yeah, so there is really no, <laughs> no normal day-to-day, so... I help work on everything from top of the pipeline for our deal team. So whether that be sourcing companies um, to to potentially interview, to looking at companies that apply to us through our website, um, to I also help out with day-to-day operations, so scheduling them all to come in, and also just supporting our portfolio companies, connecting them to our extensive mentor network, yeah. helping find investors that might be a potential fit, and also just you know, making sure that they have the resources they need to be successful, whether it's, you know, alerting them of business competitions, whether it's connecting them to someone who has experience in their space that can lend them uh, good advice. Um, I, I help out in that area as well. So a lot of different, lot of lot of different areas, <laughs> but which is great. You know, you, you learn a lot. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I no dull like, days. Right. There are never, there's never a dull day. I can attest this since I also work here with Connor, but um, yeah, that's so true. I feel like Connor's not giving himself enough credit for all the amazing stuff that he does. Um, but So I want to talk more about, I, I feel like, you know, since you wanted to do education before you kind of found social entrepreneurship, you've always been very rooted in, in service and social impact and giving back to other people. So um, what what is the deciding factor for you to kind of stay in the social impact space? I mean, what what's your favorite thing about working with a place like Impact Engine and Impact Investing that you, like, most enjoy? Yeah, and, you know, I think, as, as you said, I definitely did kind of have this, this service mindset where, as a teacher, I would have been able to directly affect the lives of all my students and see that tangible effect, and that was great. You know, when I taught during the summer, I loved that. That was really awesome to connect with those students and 
and play play that role. I think um, I was also I was a political science major. I became a bit disenchanted with how slow government worked in, in, you know, fixing issues such as education inequality, income inequality, um, you know, whether that be um, in South Bend where I went to school or whether that be in Bangladesh where I I spent two summers. It was um, difficult to see how slow these these, uh, groups were to respond. And so when I saw how quickly business could have a positive effect on people and the ripple effect that it would have in the community, it was something I, I became very um, interested in and I found very exciting. And while it wouldn't be that same direct, um, tangible impact that, you know, you get to see on a day-to-day sure. basis. So we're definitely a few connections off from our entrepreneurs who are, you know, for example, Think Circus, an education platform company. They help teachers help their students. So we're a few connections, a few degrees away. But when you get to see the Think Circus success stories, the adobe of success stories, you still, I still get that sense of pride that, you know, I'm a very small part of helping those entrepreneurs help others achieve their dream and a, and a better life. And so I think, I think for me, it was maybe less direct impact, but also being able to do it at a, a much greater scale. Yeah. Um, which is something I found really exciting. Yeah, I love that answer that you were like, I want to do good, but I want to be efficient about it, and I want to try to like maximize the good that's happening. And that, yeah, I feel like impact investing was also something that I didn't know much about before my work at Impact Engine, but something that I've always been interested in. So I feel like it's a really great place to be, especially now, I feel like... Um, you know, government is obviously still entrenched in the same problems that it always has been, but technology and new startups and businesses are really revolutionizing what is happening. So I, I want to ask you, Connor, outside of just kind of the work that you do with Impact Engine, are there any other projects that you're working on kind of within the broader social impact space? Um, so it's, it's still sort of related to Impact Engine, I guess, but I do actually try to volunteer a bit of my time outside of Impact Engine to helping our portfolio companies out, especially those that I have a bit of a deeper understanding of. So I've done a bit of side work for Peace & Co. I've, I've helped out with Adobo a bit, um, and I've also um, taken on projects with Soka Watch. Um, and can you tell the listeners what those three companies do? Yeah, absolutely. It's because, of course, you guys don't all know <laughs> those three companies, and um very funny that I just assumed that um, that everyone everyone knows all those. Um, so Peace & Co. is a one of our earliest uh, portfolio companies that went through our accelerator. And so they are a sustainable fashion company where they connect uh, women artists and groups in the developing world everywhere from um, India to uh, Latin America to major brands like a J. Crew. Um, Rebecca Minkoff, all, all of those um, incredible women's fashion brands that I don't know um, enough about on the consumer side, but I know that they're great brands. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, so they um, help source materials from those artists and groups and help create these sustainable fashion items um, for these brands. And so these, these women get um, steady work and much larger orders than they would get rather than the the one-off orders where this is 
by far the largest sale order they'll get throughout the year, and it just helps create sustainable employment. For sure. Um, Adobe is a learning platform for um, people who are incarcerated. So um, instead of watching daytime TV and just getting an education through Jerry Springer, you now have access to a, a secure tablet where you can take classes where you can uh, – Learn anything from getting your GED to um, substance abuse classes to religious classes to parenting classes. Um, and in exchange for completing those classes and spending time on that, you get access to higher quality entertainment, whether that be in the form of uh, you know, TV shows, music, uh, different rewards and points. Um, so they're working on reducing recidivism, which has really been, a, I think, a hot topic in, in this um, country, or at least our criminal justice system has been over the past few years. So that's great. And then Soka Watch is a company that um, helps with, it's a B2B e-commerce uh, distribution company in the developing world. So right now they're focused on East Africa where um, they help these uh, larger brands such as Wrigley, uh, Unilever, and they empower these um, uh, people who used to operate as street hawkers, they allowed them to be more efficient and help these store owners um, get more get a, get a more steady supply of these products. So instead of being out of products that people want, they're constantly restocked. The brands in turn get get more steady business and learn more about who's buying their products and what's what's popular. So all very different areas, um, yeah. all operating in in completely different realms. Um, but all very exciting. So I kind of like to uh, dip my toes in each of them and, and learn a little bit about um, what's going on behind the curtain. Yeah, which is so nice to see both, you know, we're funding them, but then you're also doing the side work for the companies that are getting our funds, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so a uh, question for you. Um, sometimes working in social impact can be tiring, and we always prioritize self-care. <laughs> so um, the question is, what makes you the happiest, and how do you make time for this in life outside of work? So I would say my, my version of self-care is I boxed all four years in Notre Dame, and I'm actually um, – I joined the Franklin Street Boxing Gym, which is a little bit south here, the Merchandise Mart, and so – um, my best way of de-stressing is essentially just to hit things until I'm exhausted. Um, and Which well, is wild because I feel like you're not a violent, you don't come across as this violent <laughs> that's person. Great. This is, I'm like shocked that's that a you're thing. a boxer. It's, you know, I, but it's, it must be really stress relieving. It is. It is very stress relieving. And then when you're too tired to be stressed, it's even better. Yeah. I just try to exhaust myself and then it uh, takes care of itself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about, out of my own interest, do you come across many women boxers at your gym? And what is, is that um, a popular thing? At the, at the gym, not as much, but at, at Notre Dame, so the program, the men's program is called Bengal Bouts, and about 100 to 150 guys uh, fight each year and raise uh, money for Holy Cross missions in Bangladesh. Okay. And there's also a women's program, so the guys' program is about 86 years old now. The women's program, I think, is 20 or so years old now, and they have, um, we, we, worked the guys captains and the girls captains all, all worked together and helped out and so i know this year there's over uh 300 girls are com oh coming out for the gosh. team and so it's it's a really large program so i know a few of the girls boxers from notre dame in, in chicago so um definitely very popular on campus and and they so love it so cool. it's awesome to to work with all of them 
Yeah, one of our co-hosts, Chelsea, has has been telling me probably for a year now that she's wanting wanting to get into boxing. So I'll have it's to. It's great. It's great. <laughs> tell her about all of the women boxers that you know, and maybe she can connect you. Sounds good. Um. Okay. So what was this? Is another silly question we asked. What was the last thing you binged? So that could be like Ooh. a food, a podcast, a book, a Netflix show, an app, like a movie series. I would say. The last thing I binged was I went to Austin for Labor Day weekend, and my roommates and I, in preparation, uh, watched the first season of Friday Night Lights <laughs> over again. We've all, we've already all seen the series, so yes. um, binge Friday Night Lights um, so we could yell text forever more accurately in Austin when we were there the whole time, and just uh, quote lines throughout the whole first season. Um, I, I like, pref- yeah, I like that this is a group you were like, we're all going to do it together. We're oh, it was watch. very much a team <laughs> effort. You know, we have Halloween costumes planned the whole nine yards. And I also probably binge tortilla chips while doing it. I'll go through oh, a two-pound bag a week. I nice. love tortilla chips. That's a good combo, the Friday Night Lights and tortilla chips. Absolutely. Together, they're, bit, they're consumed. It's peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> it's a classic combination. Nice. Awesome. You know, I, I will admit, I, I've only seen one episode of Friday Night Lights. I'm a disappointment. It's got to be when I interview online yet to be created podcast. <laughs> it'll have to be. You'll have yeah. to have Friday Night Lights. You, you will start a Friday Night Lights podcast and just interview people about the show. Absolutely. Or I'll just yell Friday Night Lights quotes and then we'll just go back and forth. It'll be like, yeah, just a new quote a week. Awesome. <laughs> I want to talk to you. Um, we talked about this before, but you are just graduated. I just graduated. We're super new and young in our careers. Um, and it seems like... You know, I've heard you say this offline, off of like, you know, off air, but you really do love working here. I'm curious if you even think about what that next step would be or what your dream job looks like. Yeah, and that's, it, it is interesting. It's, you know, something you try to think of because you try to think of, you know, what will I do, you know, a few years down the road. Yeah. And it is funny to think of just because this is, you know, a dream job, especially, you know, right out of college. I've really enjoyed every day here. I've learned, learned a ton. You know, I think I think in the future, I'd love to stay involved with Impact Engine. And if we grow to the point where I can, you know, maybe be an associate here or something where I'm more involved on the deal side, I've, I've really enjoyed, you know, working with entrepreneurs in that role where it's, you know, looking at new deals and trying to find new, great new companies to invest in and then also getting help out. Um, I would also, you know... I think it'd be really interesting to work for a startup myself, whether it be one of our portfolio companies or, or a company that, um, you know, I, I find some other way. So impact engine is great where there's a lot of, there's like limitless opportunities. Yeah. I think, I think my dream job will be in the social impact space. I think it's something I'm, I'm firmly hooked on. I don't think I could, you know, just go to, I'm, I'm spoiled. <laughs> I'm spoiled. I couldn't go to, you know, we have this, you know, relaxed work setting and it's very much, yeah. it's, it's very different from the corporate setting. I think a lot of my friends are used to and the bar has been set. I think, I think very high for, yeah. for whatever I do next. So, um, I, I think I'll definitely, I, I can't imagine working without that, that mission driven focus where you wake up and you feel good about what you're doing. Yeah. And I, yeah, there's so many possibilities here. I know what impact ended and continue growing. And I hope that one day I see you running a sustainable tortilla chip 
company. Oh, that's absolutely. your future. I had a vision just now. That's, <laughs> that is a phenomenal idea. It's mainly just because of all the access to Tortilla Chips I have. Exactly. So, and as long as you open up the sustainable salsa company, we can we can be business partners. Exactly. It's, a, it's it a deal. Yeah. Um, so, Connor, for um, one last question before we go, um, for those people who maybe don't know much about impact investing or want to learn more, um, where can they go? What resources do you have to share with them? Well, uh, not so subtle plug is to check out the great work that you're doing on our communications page, <laughs> like through our our blog and all the material that yeah. we try to put out. But but seriously, we do try to put out I think great content on on impact investing, um, and and you know what that. Um, because there's a lot of definitions about what that is about. Sure. Um, you know, I think other great resources are uh, the GIN, so G-I-I-N. It's the Global Impact Investing Network. Um, they have a lot of a lot more formal resources, I would say, but those are also really important to learn about. Oh, the Stanford Social, the SSIR. It's I forget what the I stands for. Innovation. In- innovation. Review. Innovation <laughs> review. So um, they have they have uh, great. Uh, publications on impact yeah. investing. So um, those would be my recommendations. Uh, SSIR, the GIIN, um, and IE, Impact Engine. Impact Engine. All the, check out all those acronyms and play alphabet soup with those. Yes. Um, well, thank you for sharing this, Connor, and thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Um, this was really exciting. I feel like I learned more about you, too. Absolutely. Cool. This was this was great. Happy to, Happy to be on the podcast, and Hopefully you guys get picked up for a second season with Fingers all those. Fingers crossed. It's all riding on you, though. You know, I think if you just get the serial music in there and you just, you know. You can just play it out that. right now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, Connor. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. My resource this week is Next City. Next City is a nonprofit organization with a mission to inspire social, economic, and environmental change in cities through journalism and events around the world. Next City provides daily online coverage of the leaders, policies, and innovations driving progress in metropolitan regions across the world. Sign up for their weekly newsletter at nextcity.org. On this week's Lifestyle section, we are talking about burnout. Now, as you know, if you're an avid Blink of Impact podcast listener, every time we have a guest on the show, we ask them what keeps them motivated to work in the social sector, and we ask them about their personal self-care habits. So we're turning the tables, and we're asking uh, the podcast hosts what they do to combat burnout in their daily lives. So, Rachel, want to start us off? Sure, Maggie. So one thing that I've been working really hard on doing to prevent burnout in my own life is to not check my email on the weekends or off hours as much as possible. So a lot of times because, and this comes from a place of that I I love my job and I love what I do, I want to check it and I want to make sure that I, no one needs anything from me or that there's not something I could be doing. Um, for example, later on an evening or on a weekend. Um, and it's been really important for me to, to kind of check myself and say, no, that's not the expectation um, and that's not sustainable for me to be doing that continuously. So um, I've been working really hard to kind of check that impulse um, when I have it 
Um, and thankfully, I, I have the full support um, of, of my boss <laughs> and my team about not working on weekends. That's a, that's a priority that's set in place for us, which I'm really um, lucky and grateful to have, and it's big support there. Um, but that's that's been a really huge thing for me is when I'm um, offline, being truly offline. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I feel like protecting your time is so important. For me, my self-care tip is to actually schedule, like, on my Google Calendar, color-coded, it's pink, self-care time. So, like, this self-care time could from could be anything from, like, give myself, like, a pedicure or, like, a at-home spa day or, like, really things that you would think of as chores that are really going to help me like move freely like during the week so like clean my apartment or meal prep or prep my clothes for work like those things sound like chores but really they're going to help me have so much more free time during the week and like not be in a rush and not be late in the morning so I'm trying to physically like write it in on or type it in on my calendar. I love both of those ideas and I would say for burnout I try Similar to what Rachel, I think, tries to do, I find myself during my day-to-day job looking at a screen so much and sitting down so much. I feel like that's probably not healthy for my body in the long run. But um, when I'm not in work and out of work hours, I really try to limit screen time. It's a little bit hard because I feel like my phone is such a big part of my life. But when I'm not working and I don't have to be at a computer, I try not to be. Um, the best thing that I also am trying to do more is read. Um, I've never been one to embrace the Kindle or the Nook, but I do love reading an actual book. So I've been trying to put that more into my schedule. And then I think just getting out and taking walks and being active, I think it's important to have something to look forward to at the end of the day when you're leaving work. So I try to fill my evenings with an activity that's not work-related. Sometimes I do get roped into going to happy hours and networking events, but when I don't, I try to put something on my schedule that's totally extracurricular, an activity that I will enjoy, even if it is just catching up on three episodes of Veep. I just know that I have that thing to look forward to when I get home. But I do think that it is an important thing to make sure that you are uh, checking yourself and making sure that you are prioritizing self-care, especially when you're working long hours, especially when you're serving other people. So hopefully on the podcast and future episodes, we can check back in with all of us to make sure that we're keeping our promise of prioritizing self-care and uh, trying to avoid burnout. You've been listening to The Brink of Impact, created by Chelsea Lowe, Maggie Stoller, and Rachel Whaley. Subscribe to The Brink of Impact on iTunes or SoundCloud for new episodes every other Monday. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and sign up for our email list, which includes links to all the great resources we share. Our music is Open Road by Jason Shaw.